adjust the volume, bass, and treble controls to suit your tastes. On today's episode of Android's Dungeon, special guest in the studio. Who is it? Who knows? But I do care. And also, return to mechanics. We will discuss one of them. No, it's Push Your Luck. Stay tuned. Welcome to CFRU 93.3 FM, broadcasting of the University of Guelph, Guelph, Ontario. This is Android's Dungeon, a show about board games, movies, music, books. I got something interesting to say. This is Joel. Um, somebody today, you, it was when you were saying, uh, we don't know. Uh, this guy, Scotty. All right. You know Scotty? Scotty doesn't know. Oh, the song? Yeah. Who who sings that? I can't remember. Is it Aerosmith? Oh, Blink-182 or something? Mm-hmm. Just one Sound of those 41. Goofy, yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the pop punk bands. Hot, hot, heat. Why did I say Billy Aerosmith? Talent. I don't know. I don't know. Um, there's a guy, Scotty, up there, way up north in Caliper Lake right now. Uh, it's a provincial park. Okay. And he's, he loves the World Cup. You know how we know he loves the World <laughs> he Cup? He should stay up there. That's, that's, those are my thoughts, but... You know how we know he loves the World Cup? <laughs> no, how, how do you Because he's been watching it on a work computer. <laughs> <laughs> and we've been watching him, and Scotty doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how do you know? Are you just watching the traffic, the tunneling? Yeah, what? and we can remote into the computer and see what's on the screen. Oh, man. Does he know? know if you remoted? Well, that's the thing. is It was really funny because uh, it came up to Field Ops, and, and oh, Daniel, who works with me, starts uh, looking. He's got Pia's exec up, and he couldn't run <laughs> it at first because the other guys got it up because... Apparently he's one license. A, he's a super user. He's kind of like a mid-level hacker. He's, he 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 reckons himself. Scotty reckons himself a hacker. Okay. Right? <laughs> so he's he's broken into our machine and he's uh. managed to install Chrome and now he's watching the World Cup. Uh. And then we come in. PS exec. We're looking at the processes. Start killing him. Chrome. Keep closing the browser. Keeps opening back up. <laughs> also, we kill the browser. Oh, the internet mysteriously goes down. I think Scotty's starting to get a little suspicious. <laughs> I, I don't understand. In in the We're year, having fun with the it. year of our Lord twenty eighteen, why does he have to watch it on his work computer? Does he right? not have a phone that can do the exact same thing? And it's a little more. Is the word I'm looking for surreptitious? Oh, well, it's don't Caliper have to be... Lake. Maybe it's too remote to get anything. Yeah, but forget anyway. about it, Scotty. We're on to you. <laughs> I know you're a listener. So. Yeah, one of, he is the listener, actually. So just alienated our one listener. Oh, by the way, we've got someone else in the studio today. Say hello, please. Hello. This okay. is this is our good friend, and um, I'll say he's officially a friend of the show now. Official. And um, Put a stamp on it. Look, don't don't talk until I tell you to talk. Oh, right, sorry, please? my bad, my bad. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just being <laughs> 
<laughs> and D&D partner. Yes. Although I expect an arrow in the back in the next encounter. So. <laughs> Curtis, you know Scotty, don't you? Yes. I, uh, Hopefully he's not that good of a friend. I found out about Scotty three days ago. And kept on installing Chrome and trying to figure out how he was doing it. <laughs> <laughs> so he had to know. He had to know from three days ago when I first uninstalled Chrome. And <laughs> So it, does the reason Chrome isn't on there is because it's like it's considered like just not supported in the se- that, that there's too many vulnerabilities to keep track of and it could result in something bad happening? Or what's the exact reason? No, on Windows 7 we have a, a proxy server that's blocking everything except for our approved web pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chrome, that doesn't apply to. Okay, so it's just a workaround. Yep. Yeah. Weird. I'm surprised you wouldn't go for a more maybe organic approach to just like who, who's the one who ultimately approves the web pages? I, f- I feel like if he was smart enough he would have just... Um, Open up the network settings, figured out what they are, and then put that on his laptop or something. It, it seems a lot easier to do than yeah. all these. Like, we would have never noticed. <laughs> not making Chrome your default browser, so every time you open just any browser, it goes straight to Chrome. It's like, oh, yeah, oh, somebody I tries to do support, and then it's just Chrome all the time. It's like, yeah, how did that like, happen? I, I really wish uh, we're getting into the weeds a little bit here, but I really wish we had a good browser out there. I don't think I can like I, Opera. Like, any of them. I, <laughs> Opera's based off Chrome. Uh-huh. I would I would do a lot of things rather than use Opera. And I would I don't like using Chrome. I don't think it's particularly good. It's got two percent of the market share, okay, Jack. Chrome? Opera. Oh. Chrome, well, Chrome's like forty five. And IE's probably the other big chunk. Twenty three something. Is it only twenty three now? Is it yeah. IE or Edge? Or is it the same? <laughs> About the same, yeah. Honestly, it's like it's it's Chrome, and then everything else has a small piece of the pie. Yeah, and, and Mozilla, I think they really uh, what's what's the term kids use? Poop the bed. Uh, fairly recent. I used to use them recent uh, for a while. I grew up with them, and then after a while, it just became unusable. And there's one that uh, Pale Moon is apparently the the better of the Mozilla variants. But again, it's it's still you're still using Mozilla at the end of the day. So yep. what are you going to do about it? You just don't use the internet. That's the trick. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Curtis, what have you been playing recently? Uh, I've been playing a lot of Binding of Isaac on the Switch. Oh, well, uh, well, you had me with Binding of Isaac. The yes. Switch, I'm confused by. What? <laughs> well, I've What's beaten... What's the Switch? It's uh, <laughs> this product by Nintendo. Uh, yeah, they'll never make them? it. No. It's a small company out of uh, somewhere out east, anyways. Uh, or I guess out west, if you look <laughs> In Nova Scotia? Way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, hey! And, uh, of course, uh, always RuneScape on the PC. You know, you got to keep up with that. So, Binding of Isaac, give us a rundown of what it is. I know I could talk probably for two hours about Binding of Isaac if you set me off, but uh, for those who don't know, for our one listener who hasn't played it, uh, <laughs> give, us, uh, give us the gist. Uh, so, it's basically a dungeon crawler, I guess is the word, uh, or is that the right word? But anyways, uh, you're basically going through a bunch of rooms, fighting monsters with your tears because you're sad. Uh, do you want me to go into the story as to why yeah, you're sure. sad? All right, so you're sad because your mother uh, believes she's being told to kill you. Um, so, And who's telling her? Uh, I believe it's some form from the Bible. I'm not sure. It's God. I guess it's God. In the, in the intro, I think it, it's, it's, does it explicitly say it, it's God talking? I mean, she thinks it's God. That's the bottom line because yeah. the story goes in a couple she's directions. Right. She's reading the Bible and then yeah. she believes that she's supposed to kill Isaac, and yeah, so Isaac's running away. Of course, he's crying because mm-hmm. he's going to get killed. Uh, and in the uh, basement, there's a lot of monsters, and then you go onwards into the cave where there's more monsters, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, it's um, it came out originally 
Um, I feel like it was 2012 or 2011 around there. Maybe I'm even too late with that number. And it was, I remember picking it up because it was back when I paid attention to indie games. It was shilled by a bunch of people, and I thought, oh, this looks interesting. Because I'd played Super Meat Boy, I th- I'm pretty sure it came out before that. I thought this was interesting. I liked the, the design of it, and I liked the style of it. And I ended up, I think if you look at my Steam list, of combined with the original Binds of Isaac, and then the, they re-released it, and then there are the expansions. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I probably have a thousand plus hours total oh, yeah. com- put into those games. And they, I have to say, I've stopped playing it completely. I think the new update ruined the game, which is unfortunate. But uh, something tells me, I've heard they're going back and they're trying to fix some of these issues. But I, I think it'll take a lot for me to hop into it again. Yeah, there's been a few uh, updates in terms of some of the challenges that were extremely difficult. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe originally when the newest expansion was released, there was a um, do 30 daily challenges in a row. Oh, so if dumb. you did 29 even... in a row yeah, yeah. and then you lost, well, start over. Oh, you lose? Like win? Like you have to succeed all of them or just like you try them? You have to succeed them? all of them, yeah. Oh, so they've changed that back down to five, I think is what it is, which is still five difficult. Seems pr- really? But, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I guess sometimes. depending on how difficult the challenges are. Yeah, they're unique challenges, I guess, and you have to, you start out with certain items, have to go to a certain boss. Um, now, before you go any further, yeah. I'm pretty sure you can. Anyone who's vaguely interested or hasn't played it yet, somehow you can pick it up. Probably very cheap on Steam right now because it is the Steam Summer Sale. Oh, yeah. I don't think they're calling it a Summer Sale, uh, but whatever. Just <laughs> a lot of good stuff on sale. Joel, have you played it? Uh, yeah, uh, I only I don't mean to like the second or third level. I think Josh introduced it to me, uh, Faria, yeah. and uh, yeah, we played like a little co-op bit of semi co-op. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was not good. <laughs> I was not good at all. I'm sure with a little bit more play, I would get more used to the mechanism. But uh, I'm really bad at bullet hells, just in general. And I think that's kind of semi the genre. Would you say? It depends because I think Curtis will agree with me that the original I would never have called a bullet hell. There's l- there's limited bullet hell elements, and one of the a couple of the bosses do some area of attacks that you have to kind of dodge around. But anyone who's remotely like you can rub two brain cells together and move around a keyboard, you can dodge yeah. this stuff. It's yeah. not too bad. It's not until you get into the newest content that you get into the bullet hell nonsense, and I find the game just falls apart because it's not designed around that stuff. And okay, so let's let's define bullet hell before we. Well, what would go you, Curtis? Out. What's a bullet hell? Uh, well, I guess it depends on which way you're looking at it, whether it's bullet hell as the user, if you're just spraying everywhere, or mm. if it's the enemies that are... Well, a like, bunch of stuff. I, I, I typically game, say enemies, yeah. A game that is a bullet hell. Okay. Yeah, so... Oh, I can't think of a game. I wouldn't I wouldn't suggest that Binding of Isaac is in, until, yeah, maybe in the... When you get into the boss rush levels, and I don't know if you... Have you ever fought Delirium on the newest? Oh, is that one of the latest? Yeah. No, I haven't, uh, again, I haven't touched him probably a year. Delirium's <laughs> a little ridiculous. That I would consider a bullet hell, where basically he's jumping around the screen and there's just well, that, shots coming out. Yeah, everywhere. that's it. Projectiles yeah. going all over the place, mm-hmm. and you have to pinpoint precision your, your character so that you're dodging these, and usually there's this pattern to it, and you get into this rhythm, but at the same time you're trying to deal extraordinary damage to the enemy. So yeah. It, yeah. it's... It, it's up there, in my opinion, if with the more anal types of experiences of like the like yeah. playing DDR or what's it the finger version of it step um, <laughs> step revolution or dance. Maybe the first know. one might have been like Space Invaders or something, you know, where things are coming to coming at you from above. Mm. You're at the bottom. Typically, uh, it's a two D plane. Things shoot at you. It's two yeah. D plane, and yeah, you just gotta avoid 
obstacles and you usually don't have health you usually have like oh I'll, yeah you I'll take, take a hit, two hits done. and i'm dead yeah. Yeah. what is it in binding, binding of isaac it depends on how good you're doing mm-hmm. right so sorry Curtis, i'm jumping all over you here oh no time. well yeah as you were probably going to say you can start out you start off with a certain amount of health depending on the character and mm-hmm. then you can gain more health lose more health uh you can get items that lower your health and make you stronger uh, and then there, of course, there is a character, The Lost, where you have no health and <sighs> one shot, you're dead. Um, you can get items to help with that. But mm. uh, Interesting. Did you guys ever see that movie where there were these axe serial killers uh, and it was like a family and it was like a dad and he raised his kids to believe that they were uh, commanded by God to kill these people? No. Nope. can't remember the name of it right now, but I think it had Edward Norton in it. I think I know what you're talking about. Like, there's there's a tiny part of my brain that's kind of like pretty good, pretty good. <laughs> yeah, bit of a twist. I won't go too far. <laughs> All right, that's enough. No more. Yeah. All right. So, Bind of Isaac, and I don't know if the the, the more careful listener uh, may have noticed that Curtis said another word that you might have to <sighs> blow off your mental dictionary <laughs> or mental list for RuneScape. Uh, yes. Tell tell us what RuneScape is, <laughs> aside from a crippling addiction. Yeah, it's a grind, is all it is. You click, and then you click a bit more for hundreds of hours to gain one little tiny thing. And so it's World of Warcraft. Kind of, yeah. It is, uh, I guess, I don't know what type of... It's Flash, uh, or originally it was Flash. I guess it's probably something else now. Um, so but it's, it an on, it's, an, it's an online RPG? Yeah. Would yeah. you consider it an MMO, or is it too Definitely. small? It, it wasn't, yeah, it's an MMO for sure. Um, there's two versions of it now. There's RuneScape 3, which is the Ooh. newest version, I guess. And that is more like World of Warcraft. You have abilities and stuff. I don't play that. It's garbage. Uh, oh. Sorry if you <laughs> RuneScape like RuneScape elitist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> OG. Uh, old school RuneScape is the... I it's guess that's actually the newest. Too. Yeah, it's, it's what RuneScape was in 2007 with, you know, they've added some stuff. But it's a community, community-driven game where um, whenever there's an update, it's voted. And it's oh. a majority thing. 75, mm. Well, not majority, 75%. Which Interesting. I guess is majority, but um, which is kind of nice, right? I think more games should implement that. Yeah, depending. it depends. I've, sometimes I, I fall down on both sides of this. Like, at t- there are certain games I think community should be consulted with constantly, and mm-hmm. there are other games where it's like you need to have the benevolent, benevolent dictator for life that uh, that you get with like some of these, like Linux, for example. You like you need somebody to make the decision. And sometimes you can, when you see these design by committee things, sometimes you look and you see the worst, the worst. Other times you see one person making decisions and you say, who, what is wrong with them? These are awful. And it's, you have to find a middle ground between the two. And either you get a, a brilliant person who can do no wrong or a brilliant committee that just everything they choose is perfect. But what are the odds on that? But yeah. my, main, my question for you, Curtis, how long have you been playing and why do you keep playing? So I've... Been on and off for sure. Probably started playing back in... Well, I definitely started playing back in elementary school. So, uh, How old are you? So that was I, a couple I'm years 25, ago? Yeah. 25, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> bom, bom. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'd say probably like oh, 15, 12 years. 12 years of it. That's pretty maybe good. Maybe given... That might be a little on the low end, but... Uh, no, all right. 12 years. Why? 12, yeah. it's, it's a game that you can play passively. You don't have to. You're not focused in it. Like, well, mm. majority of games you have to actually pay attention. Hearthstone's a good one. You can kind of watch a movie and stuff, right? Yeah. But yeah, I love watching a movie or YouTube, or whatever, while I'm just sitting there brainlessly <laughs> clicking the mouse every five minutes. You know, like 
And it's just, it gives you that reward, I guess. Like, it's the Skinner oh, yeah, box. Level That's what it 65, is. fishing, yeah. huzzah. Fish. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. So, so what's, the, what's the strategy? After 12 years, have you figured out the best way to go from level one? Like, what, what do you want to max out first? Yeah, there's... Where are we going here? Huh. You, you get into that city, you, you know, you go through the intro little yeah. thing. I've done it. I guess, uh, well, What do you do once you get out? There's definitely... You quit. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous that uh, some do. of the strategies that are out there now, it actually has come down to a... Uh, if you're not clicking your mouse every... Like, oh. you can you can skip oh. game, game ticks now to gain extra XP. I don't do that because, like I said, I like to just sit there and... Is this like, um, what is it called? Animation cancelling? Yeah, yeah, it'd be similar oh to that. Oh my god! Yeah, so you'd click on the fish. I think one of the ones with the fishing is you click on where you would fish, and then you click a, a pestle and mortar, and then something else, and then you click the fish thing again. Oh my god! My hands are hurting. <laughs> you can get the cycle going. And this you was a really cycle, big yeah. thing in uh, in MOBAs. I remember mm-hmm. in Dota oh, yeah. and in Heroes of New Earth because a spell would have a certain cycle of action, but the spell would trigger at like maybe like. A little over halfway through so if you did half of the spell and then you click move you would actually be much more efficient in like say for example nuking a guy getting close enough to him to hit him it's the same stuff that we were doing when we were when scatter in stuff, cs kind of when you're playing yeah. counter-strike and it was fast for you to switch the deagle after you fired yeah, the, your exactly. rifle because it canceled the end it's, you remember it's halo? dumb 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 <laughs> stuff you remember halo where you could uh you could go to rearm and then pistol whip and you would instantly no, I I didn't play much Halo, so it's not my not my bag, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's at the end of the day. I don't know why they don't patch that stuff because to me, it's that's the definition of there's a um, I'll, I'll use the polite term for it, but there's a term when you're designing a game and you have to worry about the hypothetical optimal man, hmm. and that's yeah. the person that will always do the most boring, <laughs> tedious, stupid, <laughs> twitchy thing possible because it is optimal. Yeah. I th- I disagree in some regards like for example like in starcraft where you would be able to like just take a take a worker out and move it back and forth in between some crystals and keep your opponent from (laughs) mining if you're able to focus on that and also do all of your stuff back home and build your army and stuff (laughs) you're getting an edge so what it's at the end of the day for me it's just it's fun to watch too you know it's It's, amusing to see somebody frustrated by it I just don't get why, especially something like RuneScape, where there's such a, a giant fan base for some reason. Why has <laughs> this not been complained about? Or why, do, why wouldn't the developer look at this and say, this isn't my intention. Why am I allowing people to, A, break their fingers and their mice on this <laughs> dumb little, like, what, how much time do you save with it out of curiosity? Well, if you're going all the way to 99 doing something like that, which is 13 million XP, and, you know, I think, uh, like, I think the fishing <laughs> thing is, like, 45 XP each oh or, my like, God. 60 or something, right? Oh, um, my God. So you probably do save hours <laughs> doing it, but... Um, Keeps you I, engaged, I guess. Yeah. I guess the only reason why they wouldn't look into something like that is I think that the amount of people that do that is quite minute compared to the overall player base. I think majority of your player base is... So someone who it. will sit there and do their homework, watch a movie, whatever, while they play instead of... Yeah. I had some Mennonite friends back in the day, and they weren't allowed to do much, but they were allowed to play Minecraft and RuneScape. Hmm. So I'm surprised so RuneScape. Strange. Yeah. I could see Minecraft, because back back when before... Yeah. Was it always uh, multiplayer? Like, across? Yeah, the yeah. Internet? Okay. But still, RuneScape's definitely a bit more of a... You can get some weird opinions on there. Weird opinions. Yeah, they are exposed to the 
people of the internet, which is always a dick. Well, Minecraft, too. Like Scotty. Scotty. <laughs> Scotty up in Caliper League. Jeez, just sound of World Cup in the background over the mic. I don't know. Yeah. Joel, what have you been playing recently? Uh, Jack, I've been sneaking away in the middle of the night and playing Magic the Gathering. And just the, the moon, moonlit streets <laughs> and uh, the sound of sirens in the distance. And pssst. Yeah, I find a guy pssst. in an alley. Hey, kid. You want some? You want some boosters? Got some boosters for you, kid. <laughs> I eject them straight into my arm. <laughs> oh, that's the good stuff. <laughs> oh, planes walk. <laughs> it's just requiem for the dream. Since, for the dream. Yeah. Since we talked about <laughs> it on the show, uh, I've played twice more. I know you were there for the first time, but yep. I snuck a, snuck away again last night. And I, did we talk about it last time? Uh, the first time when we went uh, to Rodrigo's and played there, I think we talked about that a bit. Yeah, yeah. Because we because remember we were all excited about what we drafted yeah. and gave away most of our cards. Well, you did, but <laughs> <laughs> you still got yours, eh? Yeah. But not doing anything with them. It, it wasn't out of spite or greed. It was just that. It's no, like, I understand. But, like, are you going to... You plan to play? Well, I'll define play. It's, uh... Yeah. I want to know. Are you going to Are you gonna do some constructed? I've got a constructed deck. I forgot to bring it, actually, on uh, mm. when I showed up the other day. Nice. Because I'm pretty sure I would have handled Rodrigo's rat nonsense with, yeah. without any difficulty, but... Several people brought constructed decks last night, but I don't think we ever got to them. Because the draft was just so good, like I was saying. And that's what I wanted to talk about, was, I guess... The new alternative to spending a whole ton of money on new magic cards, even though you know when a new set comes out, it's good, people want it, mm-hmm. uh, is to find somebody like this Josh guy who seems like a fairly nice dude and has spent a ton of time um, putting together sort of a simulated draft, which is called a cube. Mm-hmm. You know about cubes? Yeah. Yeah. Have, sorry, Curtis. Have, do you play Magic? Have you played uh, Magic in the past? I did quite a bit for a few years, but I haven't played. So uh, you went to the Betty Ford Clinic. You came out a cleaned yeah. up yeah. Jet fellow. Yeah. I, I found out about the Pokemon TCG, but that's uh, oh, no. another story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, I saw some of Curtis's Pokemon cards. They look pretty cool. Oh yeah. In a, <laughs> in a, I would never play that or touch that guy. Does anyone? At, do you play with anyone at work? Uh, yeah, the one guy, uh, Ken. He's a developer co-op. Ken Chan. Yeah, it's a good developer guy. co-op. Just quick side note: <clears throat> I'm when whenever I pop into 401 games, there's always people trading, like f- wheeling and dealing Pokemon cards up at oh, yeah? the uh, yeah. the counter there, and I'm astounded. I'm hearing these people discuss these these cards, and it's just like. Hmm. Interesting. I might have to go there. <laughs> back, back at home, there were people playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And there were people playing um, <laughs> My Little Pony, the, <laughs> the the card game, which is a combat-based magic, quasi-magic. Unbelievable. Nice. <laughs> to each their own. That's all I'll say. Jack just smacks the mic out of his face <laughs> and walks out of the room. I'm done. Show's over. Yeah. Sorry, so back to the cube draft. So explain what the cube is. The cube. The cube. So the it's really cool because yeah. you can actually <laughs> movie. you can post your cubes online and have them rated and, and people will recommend what would fit better into them and you can take cards out and put them in. Something called cubetutor.com, which I'd never heard of. But a uh, friend of the show, Harry, is a very big fan of. And I guess they also have um, a bot. And the bot will take a look at the cube and will tell you, as the person playing it, exactly what is the optimal first pick. 
to a 97% accuracy. Optimal in what sense? In that the decks that have won have had this card yeah, in exactly. it versus... So people have recorded wins and losses with certain cards and certain decks. And so when it looks at a cube, it remembers everything that it's been inputted into to Cube Tutor mm-hmm. and will tell you, you should go with this card. Interesting. <laughs> Which obviously we didn't play. We didn't use that, but you could have. Uh, so anyway, cube is basically enough cards to do a draft. So it takes either a set or just like custom cards, like in this case, and puts them all together. And then you open booster packs by just taking a pile of 15. And then you would just take one card, pass it on type thing, or do you keep all 15 cards? Exactly. You do okay. a draft. So you do, you take 15 cards, you look at all of them, you pick one, you put it down, that's yours. You pass the rest to the left, and you just keep doing that till all the cards are gone. Then you start with okay. another pile of fifteen. Mm-hmm. You do that three times, and hopefully you've got enough cards to put together something that you can play with. And that's did it go a lot faster this time? It did go pretty quickly, even though we had seven players. And once once the decks were made, it was like three or four minutes. Everybody was playing. Cool. It nice. was just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. And obviously there were some decks, like some some people had like 30-minute games because they had a lot of control and they were just sitting there drawing cards, forcing their opponents to put their cards back in their hands and on and Man. on and on. Typical blue. Hmm. Uh, did we talk about the magic colors? I think we did. I, I recall yeah. having this conversation. But the it, it's tough. I will... I, I, when we do magic again, do magic. <laughs> where we play it again, <laughs> and there are little parts where I, I really like it and I enjoy it. And I think it's kind of a fun little side hobby. And then I start thinking about all the money. Yeah. And then I start thinking about all the time. And then I start thinking about how swingy and unfun magic can be at times. That it, I think my fun to minute ratio for magic is one of these <laughs> things that's like probably in the dumpster. Yeah. But when you do have fun, it's a lot of fun. But I find it's how often, and maybe you can, why don't you speak to the, the draft you did last night, or the cube, how often do you feel like you have a really good game against an opponent versus one person stomping the other, one person having mana problems, one person just not getting what they want because it, it just seems so rare to me to yeah. really come across this. You're right. I think in the game that I went, uh, the match that I won one and lost two, uh, I was lucky. This, the guy just didn't get the land that he needed. Which mm-hmm. is, you're either land starved, or you get too much land, yeah. and that's that's just uh, it's not the roll of the dice. It's the shuffle of the cards. <laughs> which is it might as well be the roll part of the, of the dice. Cards. Yeah. Part, part, part of the cards. Part of the cards. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I I think that's why at least when if everyone is playing these pre constructed decks that either whether either it's something that like you're saying like the it's expert their own is, fault. <laughs> well, it's their own fault in that. In, I, there's nothing worse than playing against a deck that's just way superior to someone else to yours, yeah. where you're just sitting there and you're kind of looking like, okay, this well, this was fun beating up on old Jackie boy for a bit here. Well, this was one of the main problems with Hearthstone was that every deck was constructed ex- unless you played Arena, which was just a mess. Yeah, and um, every single deck you played against or as, if the guy had played enough and had the cards he needed. You'd already seen that posted yeah. online. You yeah. knew exactly the meta what was, was in that deck yeah. because it was just everything was, if you're not playing with this deck that this you're guy done. has posted and it's got this rating, you're probably going to lose. Then again, what are the, the odds on Hearthstone anyway? Like flipping a coin and... There's a lot of RNG, yeah. And, if you, and even in the cards too. And that's what something I was surprised about when we played the one time. There was that goblin or the ogre sort of catapult thing that was like you basically <laughs> put 
counters on X cards, and then you roll a dice or flip a coin. Oh, that or whatever. was funny. Yeah. And it's funny, but it's random. Yeah. And it, it's it was it struck me as odd for Magic to have that much randomness like baked into like actual cards when it's like you're you're already waiting for to draw into this. You're already waiting for everything else to kind of happen here, and then you're also rolling a dice to see. It struck me as like in Hearthstone was it the Mad Bomber. Yeah, is that the thing yeah. where he comes out and he just like chucks bombs at stuff, and and he can hit your own, guys. and he can hit your oh, own yeah. stuff too, which is like okay, you, you know the risk yeah. reward, whatever. But you had fun. Yeah, I had fun. One of the worst, one of the hardest things was um, that everybody else knows what cards are when they right, read the name, right. and I have to read every single one, you know. And I'm trying not to fall behind, so I'm like, okay, well, this one's white or this one's green. Yeah, yeah, that's basically. Yeah, and then we should say too, this is at the boardroom. Yeah. Uh, and th- I don't know how popular Rodrigo wants this to be, but he's a friend of ours. He's also one of the co-owners of the boardroom. But um, he is doing some magic events. So if you're interested, I don't know if it's a Tuesday or Wednesday he's thing. Got, he's got a Saturday event too now. Oh, my God. He's bumping it up. He's pumping it up. A lot of magic. He wants to get into this game. The magic, we say, uh, I don't know. We've I've heard that uh, Hasbro is money troubles for Magic, but uh, the shops definitely aren't in trouble. That the, it's the Magic keeping the shops alive. Yeah. So, um, it's definitely the most popular TCG in terms of at least physical. Maybe Hearthstone might yeah. be. Uh, the I don't know if you guys ever tried the Magic online game. There's like there's the online game where you play against other people. But you have to buy packs online <laughs> yeah, as well. Yeah, got a new <laughs> so, digital booster. It, it's the exact same price as an actual pack from when I played. Anyways, it might be different now. For the exact same amount of cards. For the exact same amount of cards. Ooh, that's but a that's a online tough one. cards, right? So Ooh, like, yeah. I have a hard enough time buying games online, let alone. Yeah, but if you look at any, if you go to any card store that runs tournaments, there's maybe one Pokemon, maybe one Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. And then like five magic tournaments a week. It's like, or not tournaments, but there are full time. You'll see going back to four one because those are the ones I see. They they actually put it up on their their banners, but they are often hiring people for. We need somebody for our Yu Gi Oh desk. We need somebody for a Pokemon desk. We need. I don't know about magic for trading and collecting. Yeah, basically you are. It's it's a lot of time. It's a time consuming event, and that's something that horrifies me because knowing the values, knowing the values, and stay on top of this stuff. Like to me, it's got to be like it is obviously it's your job at that point. But staying on top of the values of these cards, and for the record, for anyone who's not aware, some of these cards can get very expensive, and there's this constant sort of cattle trading aspect. Is that the word? Horse trading, where people are constantly just flipping and wheeling and dealing and trading cards. And I remember one of the first times I ever went to a draft in Kingston, after the draft was finished... I couldn't believe what was happening, but it just turned into this marketplace of sorts. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a guy just like, all right, open up the binder. He's flipping go. through. All right, I'll trade you these for this and this and this. And then people are like pulling out their phones and looking up. Remember well, hockey cards? No, I don't. <laughs> thank God. I, I don't think I ever got any money from them. But Curtis, you made a bunch of money off Pokemon like, recently, didn't you? Uh, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! Or Pokemon and Magic, yeah. So I what's the a, most valuable Pokemon card? The vo- most valuable Pokemon card is uh, it's called Tapu Lele. Um, so is this one of the new ones? GX. Yeah, it's from the newest generation. Uh, the card itself is, well, it's really good, um, obviously. It's most how expensive. Ma- how many but, uh, out there? Well, I'm not sure how many. There's lots. Oh, okay. but, uh, but it's one of those decks, or one of those cards that is run in every deck. Maybe, like, I think there's one top-tier tech deck that doesn't run it. But it's the Chillwind Yeti of Pokemon. The what? Yeah. Oh, Chillwind Yeti, the 4-5. So, is it Yu-Gi-Oh? 4-5, no text. <laughs> But it's a four uh, five for four. In so. Hearthstone, oh. yeah. Um, but yeah, that card it start it ranges from like <laughs> 50, fifty to seventy dollars, I guess, right now. Oh, okay. And then in Pokemon, it's expensive. Yeah. yeah, and in Pokemon as well, there's always the 
uh, regular card, then the full art card, then the rainbow rare card, which I don't like. It It's like rainbow colored. It's the same thing. But yeah, the, the rainbow color card is like 100 bucks. Does every card have a giant version? Some do, yeah. And those ones aren't <clears throat> playable. Oh, not <laughs> maybe, playable. Maybe okay. if you could find like a, an entire deck worth of it. But no, Magic is... <laughs> Are uh, they like tarot sized? or? They're, they're like... I, guess oh, they're, they're, I don't know what the size would be, but... You held your hands out here. Like they're, that's yeah, they're, they're like this big. <laughs> For all the viewers out there, feet. they're this big. So um, they're this much sound. <laughs> yeah. uh, Magic is definitely a lot more expensive, though. Uh, like there's just there's many many cards that are over sixty dollars for sure. You remember our friends uh, Elliot and Naomi at all? Yep. They were big time collectors. Like not player. They don't play the game. They collected the figurines. <laughs> the every, figurines of what? Every Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't believe what stuff and they would they had a, a youtube channel i think it's called oh. two peas and uh and they would do unboxings you know it's a huge market on youtube <laughs> I'm, I'm staggered <laughs> I, it's something for everyone nerd <laughs> well i'm obviously up to <laughs> before we uh run out of time jack what have you been playing lately oh, yeah. I, I, hopefully nothing Pokemon i'm just collection. sickened with everything <laughs> no I, I i like all these trading cards it's just and as somebody who has a very expensive hobby himself, it's just it, when I see somebody pl- buying a card for seventy dollars, it just are you using it at least, or is this something you just seal up and you're super uh, like? Uh, what, Harry's got a couple of the cases. I, I know yeah, yeah, the plastic, like, the, the thicker plastic triple, triple thing. It's like hermetically sealed inside, so dust and oils cannot, uh, sunlight should not penetrate. It's this fingerprint card. activated. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> <laughs> open the iris into. Um, I was telling Joel about this, so it's not as fresh for him, but I got to try a game that's been on um, my radar for a while. And uh, is that Mark McKinnon over there? No, it's not. Sorry. <laughs> it sort of looked like one game of Game designer and politician <laughs> Mark McKinnon? It's, it's Mike Schreiner, who's our He'll MVP, be on the show soon. has stepped in. <sighs> anyway, um, it's a game called Thunder Alley. And before you get too excited, it is about NASCAR. So you can get really excited now. Uh, in case you don't know me, I don't know anything about nascar and i could not care less about the the sport of these stock cars going around track 500 times i can tell by his face that curtis is a huge fan well he he is wearing a nascar shirt uh he's got nascar socks budweiser Budweiser cap yeah so the reason i picked it up is because there's a fellow on the forum who has recommended me a bunch of stuff that i've always loved and he is a huge fan of thunder alley he's always talked about how much fun it is and it's a gmt game published game and GMT has made some of the greatest games out there. And usually they are of extraordinary quality. And their price point, when you look at what you're getting and what's inside, um, it is usually worth your time and money. So anyway, Thunder Alley is a card-driven game, which is a term that um, you'll see thrown around a lot, especially with GMT stuff, CDG, which means the majority of the game is obviously determined by playing uh, decks of cards and drawing. But the main board is this giant... A, it comes with two boards that are gigantic, and if you don't have a huge table, you're going to have trouble fitting them on the table. The art on them is gorgeous. The components, you have this lovely deck of cards. They're fine. You have chits that are... um, They're not as light as the uh, Civilization chits. They're kind of in between that and some of the thicker ones that you would get maybe in like... uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Like, let's say you're playing Istanbul or something in the, the the wheelbarrows. I wish I need to know my measurements. But the bottom line is that you've got you and your opponent have all these cards on the track, and you're playing these cards, and each one of them does a different thing. But it's usually in combination with the other cars. So, if you play a certain type of card, 
then when you activate one of the vehicles, and you can only activate one vehicle per turn, it does an action. So one of them pushes all the cars ahead of it up X spaces. Another card um, pulls cars that are behind it. Another one allows you to break away from the cars that are you're currently attached to and just speed up. But the real meat and potatoes of the game comes from the fact that every time you play a card, with the exception of certain weaker but more specialized card, you take dam- damage to whatever car that you've activated. So there's two types. There's temporary and permanent. The temporary stuff, once you... And same with the permanent. But once you have three damage tokens on your car, you go a lot slower. And if you hit six, your car just blows up. You're eliminated from the race. Uh, but you can eliminate or get rid of your temporary damage tokens by taking a pit stop, which is super thematic, and immediately wherever you are, your car just swoops down at the end of the the turn, and you remove all the temporary damage tokens, but your car has to go back X spaces based on the round and whatnot. Um, But the main thing is it's a bizarre game of... You're basically playing bumper cars. Rather than call it Thunder Alley, which is easy to wrap your head around, just imagine racing bumper cars, because you're constantly pushing people out of the way, maybe push them back, trying to get your cars in a line, and then just so you can pull this giant line of cars. You're trying to go around corners, which are very special, and you're trying to just chain these combos up, but praying to God that the person you're playing against doesn't knock your one car out of the way, especially if they're paying attention to which cars you've activated and which ones you haven't. It's like, well, oh, that's nice. You want to do uh, pull all these cars and bump, and then they're going to take their own cars now. And it's, yeah. A really cute, fast game that anyone could learn in probably 10 minutes, 15 minutes. So is there... Uh, can you run out of fuel? No. You, unlimited are, fuel. Unlimited fuel, but there <laughs> are cars... Like, there are action cards that one of the temporary damages, you burn through a lot of fuel. So mm. it's just, like, something in there. So, again, it's a lot simpler than you think it is. There's You don't have to worry about fuel. You just is have there, to worry about damage. Is there ever a situation where your your fleet of cars are so far ahead of your opponent that the game's just over? No, not at all. Because... Um, a, you can catch up to people unless you've been playing perfectly and they've been playing so per- poorly. Then yeah, th- there are some games where you've lost already and you just don't know it yet. But there, there's there's this event deck. So at the end of every turn, you flip over. Oh, uh, this ca- is the Mario Kart blue shell. And then there's like blue shell esque <laughs> things. It's not as mean as blue shells, but there are things which, and I guess it's thematic. I don't know anything about racing, but if there's there's a card, for example, it's called debris on the field. So what they'll do is they'll stop all the cars and they basically line you up in the position where you were um, as far as the race was at that time. So everyone all of a sudden gets bunched up back together, and then you start off again. So, again, if you're into racing, I think this is 100% up your thunder alley. But if you're not, then you're still enjoying this. Because I say this as somebody who, I don't want to say hates race cars. I just get zero (laughs) enjoyment from it. F1 is something, but NASCAR. What would you give uh, Thunder Alley? After one play, I will give Thunder Alley... um, 15 um, exploding cars careening into the crowd, killing dozens out of 20. <laughs> pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I was really, really impressed with it, and uh, there's even expansion for it. I will not touch that right now. I do not need it because there's three other bloody racetracks included in the game, and it is just it is wild. It's definitely something that, at higher player counts, and if everyone's been drinking, you just be insane. <laughs> insane. We're going to get it out? Let's get it out. Let's get it out. Uh, so that's what we've been doing, or I've been doing, excuse me. So, music break, we'll be back in a moment, stay tuned.
That sad piano music. We we fade away from the the. How did you pronounce it? The doch, the doch, or the do. Uh, takeaway show, uh, song recommended by Joel. I think I was making fun of him a little bit. It's it's too happy for me. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Too it's, poppy. It's not melancholy, and it's not. Even though by the middle aged man, <laughs> <Yeah. so laughs> Jack is not interested. Yeah. And the, the, although the piano player looks a little sad or a little dour, so I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe he's not having as good time. So this was a, f- a Finnish girl, and I uh, can't remember the guys from somewhere in Europe. <laughs> Friends, I think maybe. Let's see. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, she's she's got that kind of odd poppiness, that quirky poppiness that Bjork had, right? That kind of airy, high noted. Um, Bjork's one of those artists that <laughs> there are a couple of songs I really like, and then I hate her jazz music or her big band stuff yeah. too, with such a burning passion <laughs> that I, for every time I'll try to listen to some of her music, it's like, oh, this is okay. And then the. Oh, no. Why? This is terrible. Do you watch Celebrity Jeopardy on Saturday Night Live? No, I just grew up with the wave files or the MP3s from the Napster days. There's one where Bjork is on and she's... Oh, is it actually her? She's throwing Nick... It's never actually them. Occasionally, they'll get an actual celebrity on it, but... Uh, she was just throwing nickels into a washing machine <laughs> saying, everything is musical. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. Well, she's, uh, it's easy to forget, too, she was nominated for Academy Award for uh, Dancer in the Dark. No way. Uh, Lars von Trier film, um, who has made a bunch of really good movies, <laughs> really, <laughs> really depressing movies in general, but uh, really interesting flicks. But him and Nicholas Wynn and Raffin, I think, hate each other. Um, oh. I'm not sure if it was Nymphomaniac or which one 
but it was one of these movies that he premiered at cons or no, he was running his mouth. He was talking about Nazis or something. And Wyndon Refn uh, apologized on behalf of Denmark for uh, Lars von Trier. But hmm. I think they're both very talented. Speaking of nominations, uh, I had a little bit of gaming news, and that is we have a new um, a new member kind of sneaking its way into that top ten list, and it is uh, it was it was nominated for Game of the Year. Solo board game of the year and strategy game of the year, which is kind of the canter spiel of Golden Geek. Hold on, hold on. Solo game. And obviously it was Kenner Spiel. Uh it was unfortunate enough to be nominated in the same year that Gloomhaven was, I think. <laughs> what is solo? Solo solo. If you can solo. guess it. How recent is this? Two thousand seventeen game. That you can play by yourself. It, it I don't know. You want a hint? Yeah, yeah. It's in the vein of Terra Mystica. Well, is it Gaia Project? The Gaia Project is now a top 10 game. 8.7 rating. Everyone says it. Well, there's... All right. I've only heard one person say that they're fine with Terra Mystica with the expansion. But hmm. as it is, like, Rado did a, a run-through of Gaia Project. Do you know... Uh, have you played Terra Mystica, Curtis? I have not. Joel, no. why don't you... Before we talk about Gaia Project too much, Joel, let, describe Terra Mystica, or at least the type of game it is. Terra Mystica is a incredibly frustrating game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, you're not wrong. <laughs> uh, Terra Mystica is this game that has like a very strong following where it's, uh, I guess it would be a resource management game. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, where you'll uh, basically try to expand on a map, which is semi-randomized. Or no, not at all. It's, it's preset. Yeah. So you, you try to expand on a preset map with a whole <laughs> bunch of other players. Each person has... A class which gives makes them good at something. For example, if you're a gnome, you're good at digging. Um, and there are different hexes. Sorry to jump on you here, but each of the the hexes represents a different resource. So there's sand, there's mountain, there's water, and there are all these different rules about how some of them behave. And each of the races kind of interacts with them, like you were saying, in a different way. Yeah, exactly. So the object is to get uh, the land to whatever your type whatever you like living on so mm-hmm. if you if you're a if you're a merfolk you like living in swamps or water and so you try to convert a desert all the way to water by spending a whole bunch of working tokens i think something yeah. like that and there's other stuff too with like there again i've only played terrorist once and it's when i fumbled through it with you yep. at the boardroom the one time and i had a, i don't want to say miserable experience but it was just like this game is so front loaded i have no idea what i'm doing there's the cult track there's yeah, it's the very magic track point salady type game. Yeah, in that uh, there are so many different ways to get points that it's kind of hard to keep track. I just wish somebody like that's a game for sure. You need somebody to sit down and patiently and um, objectively teach you how to play well. In my opinion, because like when you were playing, you've played it twice or three times now. Three times, yeah. So was it the third time that you had that, like, that, that, was that gang up or a rule that was missed? Yeah, a re-ruling or a, a ruling sort of two-thirds of the way through that just broke my game, mm-hmm. which was basically I was those people that I, I, I gave it as an example because I knew it, that could dig underground mm-hmm. and pop up somewhere else. Right. And so I was expanding the city. And it turns out you don't actually get any points for anything that's separated. They actually have to be together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Well, that's part of it, too, in that one of the big parts of Terra Mystica that's interesting, and this is what Clans of Caledonia, which is a similar style of game, does, is that you're, you're, when you build stuff next to somebody else, you get to trade resources with them. You're basically establishing relations in some sort. 
and you're encouraged to build close to people because when they activate things, you're, you can activate your buildings or you can build on top of them. I forget exactly how it works. Um, but there's this neat push-pull where you want to get close and kind of choke opponents, but you want them to be near you so that when they're doing stuff, you're benefiting mm, from their yeah. actions. So it's this... Um, I do remember that. If, like if you build something next to someone, they get... A yeah, exactly. So mm. th- in that sense, too, if you know that, let's say, Joel is, enjoys building on deserts and I enjoy building on this thing that's near a desert, then it makes perfect sense for me to set up shop there first because it's like, come on in, Joel. <laughs> let's do some business. <laughs> I don't know why it's that voice. But, uh, <laughs> like a cup of sweet tea. <laughs> <laughs> it's some, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Um, so it's a it's a super dense euro. Let's just say I think it's a yeah. And I, I think Gaia Project is following the same vein. Yeah. It's basically terramistic in space where they're terraforming yeah. uh, planets in space instead of uh, converting land to different types of land. So they've they've changed some of the rules around a bit, and it is a modular board, or at least it's a semi randomized board now, which is a big deal. Um, I think out of the box, it comes with a, a bunch of races so compared to vanilla Terramistica. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that was really holding me back because when it first came out, I was like, it's 105 bucks, so it's pricey. But people have been talking Terra Mystica for years as being like their go to game. I played so much of it. In fact, uh, colleague, colleague, friend, acquaintance, acquaintance, Clint, Clint, acquaintance of the show, uh, has been, he goes to tournaments to play Terra Mystica and Concordia. to the States. He's going to uh, the, what is it, the North American Board Game Championships. I don't think there's any qualifiers to get to the championships. (laughs) Well, then they weed Um, out the... uh, the, the, I'm surprised they had, I did not know they had tournaments. I mean, they have tournaments for everything I should have known, but... Yeah. I mean, do they have, like, uh, solitaire tournaments? or? Sure, why not? Yeah, dang. Well, you can play solitaire in a casino. It's not a good idea, but it's, uh, <laughs> you can do it there. There's probably people that can win solitaire just about every time. Really? Depending on what you get. I have seen pictures of people with, like, 3,000 and zero... We're like 3,000 wins, zero so losses. Doubt. Yeah. Doubt. You just you bailed you just out and edited the, the INI file. Edited the result. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the first the one time I opened up, because uh, I just saw this in one of these little mag- computer magazines back in the day, and it's like, how to cheat at mine- Minesweeper. Oh. And it's like, I don't care about Minesweeper, but they just opened it. up, they just went to the file and just changed in like Windows oh, directory nice. just the where the data is stored for the highest score. So I set mine in something atrocious. <laughs> 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 space pinball. Take that. Oh, space pinball. Oh, classic. Great game. <laughs> but anyway, um, we've been skeptical of the top ten before. Yeah. Um, I'm willing to give Guy a project to oh. try. Oh yeah. I think one of the pro- problems, one of the worst things about the the top list is that uh, they rank uh, Agricola 17th and Caverna 15th. That's just garbage. <laughs> Everybody knows Agricola is far superior. It, I am surprised Agricola is below Caverna, but to be honest, I think they're they're just too. Do Agricola is like? Do you like hardness and playing with all these these occupation cards, which can be make or break? Um, yeah. And Caverna is a lot more of a laid back experience of there's no occupations, but it's easy. It's it's easier. It's, it's like not Agricola as Junior. Well, there is a, fa- a family edition of Agricola, so I don't even know if you can say that anymore. Although yeah. I, it's odd because we did we played uh, Caverna Cave versus Cave the other night, um, just uh, kind of before we went to bed, and, and I was sitting there thinking like this is this this is the experience of Caverna just distilled down to this lovely borderline abstract little game here, and it comes in a perfect box. It's so travelable. It's it's got a little. You need a bit more content, maybe to make it perfect. But as it is, it would take a lot of plays before you got sick of this. And it, but it's it's the exact experience in similar way that Agricola. 
all creatures big and small is kind of like I don't, I don't know. It's like this is pretty much the Gricklay experience. It's like I don't need to, and that's the the box are so big, and the game is so much stuff going on. It's like, do you want to? So you endorse it then? Yeah, hundred percent. Easier Cables. to open, easier to set up. You can you play. can play probably four, five, six, half a dozen, maybe a dozen games of K versus Cave in the amount of time it would take you to play a single game of Caverna. I wasn't a big fan of Agricola All Creatures. You didn't really. Room. Yeah, it was it was it was too easy. It was like. Uh, you could basically fill up your whole board with animals, fair enough, without it, any much challenge. And again, it, the part of the issue too is that Cavers, or, um, all creatures relied on expansions again, which is incredible yeah. for a little two-player game. For these expansions to come out for it is something <laughs> else. But yeah, um, I think we need to meet Ozeril t- today. Um, but uh, before we do, I just want to mention one more piece of news. Yeah, which is um, July. Uh, I think it's 21st. Yeah, July the 21st okay. is a Saturday. Uh, that's the Pandemic Survival National. So look forward to that coming up in the future. Did you just Heil? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Heil. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're going to do a road trip. He was just waving uh, to somebody over there, but he went up at an angle. <laughs> me and Kyle are registered now, and we've actually they've asked so us you for are going our though. shirt yeah. size. So wow. apparently we're getting a shirt. <laughs> Uh, we're getting a bunch of swag just for showing up. And I hope it looks like a be, scientist or something. Oh. It's going to be at the Randolph Game Cafe in... Um, so this is Saturday. In Montreal. This is a Saturday. Saturday, July 21st. If you guys want to come on a road trip... Not at all. But Jump we'll, on in. I'll, we'll, we'll definitely call. We might do an overnight. And, uh, I don't know. Gets, we'll get the info on this live from the, the scene. Cause I Could think be that's, cool. I think Could it'll go be. to the Worlds. The Worlds are in Italy. Wow. It's unbelievable. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> well, I don't know. You did pretty well. Uh, so, Osriel. Yeah, yes. who is Osriel? Uh, that is... It's you. That's me. Don't be... Spo- Jeez, oh. Joel. <laughs> womp womp. Uh, that is my ranger character. Ranger? Yes, ranger in uh, Dungeons & Dragons, our uh, little campaign we have going. I'm sure you, you guys have talked about it on the show before. I get the feeling that you're a little bit more experienced than us. We're not trying to call you a nerd, but I'm just saying. I have played Dungeons & Dragons once before. Oh, this one. really? Yeah, I've tried DMing once. Oh, how'd it <laughs> go? Uh, it went okay. I think that it would have went better with other players hopefully those players aren't listening but uh different players oh like, <laughs> yeah I've, they, I've been there man. yeah no one seemed to uh, want to play i guess is one way to put it so oh that's uh, the worst i would take people who are bad at it over people who yeah. don't want to be there a lot of cross talk of like you know oh i went to the mall yes it's like I, nope you didn't because there's no mall in dungeons and dragons oh <laughs> i don't know man so but uh it, it's a lot of work i i think you've dm'd joel before it's yeah, it's a challenge. Actually, we heard uh, there was um, there was a D and D at the boardroom yesterday that was about to start, but it was just one guy loudly complaining about a DM that he had had, who ha- was very strict. He had the way he put it was the DM had prejudices in the game that he would apply to running games. So, for example, he hated mages and i mean i can understand as a dm getting frustrated when a mage comes in with a fireball and yeah (laughs) does 72 cumulative damage in a single shot um so he would only allow a single mage per party that's goofy that's Hmm. so such a strange railroading no dragonborns allowed well seems like nobody likes dragonborns is it because they're too good good. Uh, Yeah. yeah they get a bonus something i can't remember but uh just at level one they're like sorry quite uh Quite beastly. 
how, how often do you think a campaign finishes versus peters out? I, I can't. I don't know. It'd if be I'm, a high percentage. I don't know if it's above fifth. No, probably not. I think there's a lot of diehard people that do yeah, a lot of campaigns. I suppose they, they just go from campaign. There's a to decent campaign. amount of percentage, though. I would think. Here, here's a better question: How many people play through a campaign and never play it again and want to play the <laughs> game again? Because yeah, one time eh, it's not for yeah. me. And is it because they found out that they don't enjoy D and D, or is it because their experience was? I think it's a mix. I've been feeling like D and D has been very popular lately, and I think there are two main reasons for it. Um, one is that community, community back in 2012 or 2011 oh, did D&D, which great episode. It, it's a fun <laughs> episode to watch. And I like how it's done because that's kind of like the, the way that you'd really, because what are the players doing? They, they roll a dice and then Abed just kind of like guides yeah. the story and builds it and they get into it because he's woven this tale and everyone's sort of like involved yeah. in it. The other one is for Stranger Things, which is the worst reason to get into it because oh. you're watching kids playing. Like original, original D&D, which is as grognardy as you get and not fun. <laughs> but it's like, well, this looks fun and it's you're role-playing. Everyone likes the role-play and they're monsters yeah. throwing dice. I've heard this D&D stuff of Dungeons and Dragons. And it, it's not for everyone, not even close. And Honestly, though, if it wasn't for the popularity, I don't think we would be playing it. Because no. it's not really something that we, we actively have, sought out. It no. just kind of happened. And, and people are always trying to recreate the experience, too, which is fascinating to me. Because I think that's why, at this point, I think I've seen it mentioned a couple times, is that people are saying, I really love D&D, but I can't get a group together. What? Gloomhaven. Yeah. What do you mean? Gloomhaven. Just, <laughs> it, it's a dungeon crawl. You're yeah. not role-playing. It makes it easy it's, for you. It's, it's all there for you to do, but... Uh, and if know. you love Gloomhaven, if you've played Gloomhaven and you manage to get to, like the 30th level or something then you're probably the right kind of people to play D&D it's it's a good intro I don't even know if I'd agree with that because I, I think the main thing for D&D or maybe it's just what I'm I'm putting my own prejudices into it but I think D&D you can't just sit there and play it like a dice chucking simulator it's supposed to be a story it's supposed to be something True, that you're yeah. getting into and you're 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 opening your and the DM should be encouraging this I'm not saying that Mark or you uh, are not doing did not do that but you should be thinking outside the box. It's you don't just have to hit something with an axe. You don't have mm. to um, just hello. Where is the quest? And then just go somewhere else. I think there's it, it should be fostered that sort of experience. Yeah. But oh, something in, uh, exciting uh, for us at least is that Harry uh, yesterday when he was playing uh, magic with me, friend of the show, friend of the show. Uh, asked if he could join in our next campaign. Which of would what? be really cool because he's a veteran of a million different RPGs. Oh, D&D? Next time we play D&D. Yeah. Wow. And there are a lot of people. Kayla was running her mouth about wanting to be a part of D&D. Yeah, and right. like, she, you, this, she had a couple. <laughs> <laughs> it, look, not for everyone. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> But, Curtis, thank you for joining us today. Oh, thanks for having me. Always good to uh, have a friendly face on the show, aside from our handsome mugs. KG. I'm Jack. I'm Joel. And before we go, check us out on Twitter. A nose roll there. Check us out on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram. Androids Dungeon. AD Radio. Shoot us an email or a death threat. Either way. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. We're all over the place. Famous. You can't get rid of us, even if you wanted to. We've got tens and tens of listens. Let's make it 20s and 20s, folks. Stay tuned.